Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 and 17 through 22. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some were sick through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind, and let them offer thanksgiving sacrifices and tell of his deeds with great songs of joy. Genesis chapter 9 verses 8 through 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember that my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Ephesians chapter 1, verses uh, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Good morning and welcome to the third Friday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. Our readings this morning come to us from Psalm 107, Genesis 9, and Ephesians 1. And the Genesis reading um, is at the end of the flood, and uh, God promises uh, to never again uh, destroy all life on earth by a flood. And there's this, I think it's a song lyric, um, which is kind of is like points out that well, uh, it's uh, 
not by uh how does it go by fire next time not by flood but by fire next time and so i mean we get revelation and clearly like he won't flood the earth but um that's maybe not necessarily the, the most hopeful um but the sign of this promise that god makes is a bow in the sky and we call it a rainbow because it appears when it rains and when um, the sun is at a certain position, and the rain is not directly overhead. That's when we see um, a rainbow. And you know, whether the storm is approaching or receding, it's a reminder that God won't flood the earth again. And when it rains, and I, I think of Noah and how, like, uh, you know, what traumatic stress he might have from surviving this flood, and that the first time that it rains again, probably go into you know shock. Um, because he doesn't have his ark, you know. So he's got a, you know, God has promised all of creation for all time that it won't be a flood that uh, that he uses to, you know, to discipline or, or, or judge the earth. Um, but the a rainbow is not what, is not what's included in the text. Uh, the text itself says keshet, which is an archer's bow. And if you think about it, the bow um, there on the horizon, if you're looking at it, is uh, is pointing up at the sky. Um, it is a reminder that God won't kill humanity by flood, and it's a weapon uh, of of God that is pointing up at God, God's self. Um, and some commentators have suggested this is kind of like foreshadowing um, the sun. God the Son uh, dying on the cross, um, which is you know God um, self-disclosing and self, uh, you know absorbing um, violence and sin uh, in God's own person. Um, but it's it's also this um, part of a, a a tradition, a theme, or a, a running kind of thread in the Bible um, that Paul later in. Ephesians actually, Ephesians six calls the armor of God, and the armor of God is um, most known to Christians from Ephesians six. You have um, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, um, shoes that will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And these are all. The whole armor of God is also called, um, or it's firmness in Ephesians. Um, but Paul in Ephesians is actually borrowing from an earlier tradition. He also talks about the armor of God in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, uh, where there is a breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of this hope of salvation. And these are both kind of flowery you know, attributes that Paul is kind of amenable to, but again, he's borrowing from an older tradition. In uh, the Book of Wisdom, which is an apocryphal book, which means that it's it's almost it's not a part of um, Christian canon, um, but it is um, it is considered helpful, and you know the apocryphal books, but wisdom as well, um, uh, you know, wise teachings that are worth familiarizing yourself with. And wisdom, and some Bibles do include the apocryphal books. And Wisdom five seventeen through twenty, um, 
the armor is God's zeal. Um, the Lord will take his zeal as his whole armor and will arm all creation to repel his enemies. He'll put on righteousness as a breastplate and wear impartial justice as a helmet. He'll take holiness as an invincible shield and sharpen stern wrath for a sword. And creation will join him uh, to fight against frenzied foes. So that's in wisdom. And notice there's a couple of things that stand out. Unlike Paul, the writer of wisdom is willing to ascribe anger and fury to God. So you have wrath, um, stern wrath, which is a sword, and zeal, depending on how you think about zeal, as uh, the whole armor as opposed to firmness with Paul. And then finally, the earliest um, instance of the armor of God appears in Isaiah fifty nine seventeen. It's just one line, um, but here... Um, it says that God will put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head and put garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in fury as in a mantle, and a mantle as a cape. And so here we have two even more explicit characteristics that are you know, not friendly. One is vengeance and another is fury. And then the helmet of righteousness and the breastplate of salvation are also there. Um, but this is the, the earliest um, account of the armor of God in Isaiah 59. And <clears throat> I mention these because um, it may be, and I think it's worth considering that the bow of God, the archer's bow of God in our reading this morning of Genesis is actually the earliest um, part of God's armaments. Um, there is a sword, so we know there are some offensive weapons, um, whether it's the wrath or the word of God, you know, can be debated. Um, but we do have some offensive weapons. And so if God has an archer's bow, a keshet, um, it's worth considering what that might mean. Um, it's God's promise that he actually won't, you know, destroy humanity by a flood again. Um, and so whether, you know, the sword of, of wrath or the word of God, um, the Lord's bow is his promise um, that um, besides you know not killing the earth um, or wiping us all out, um, he has accepted the responsibility of violence. He agrees to take it upon himself. Um, and if anything, uh, that should also indicate to us that just like non-commissioned officers and officers, um, I, as I was told, and I, I think it's one of my favorite um, elements of military leadership that they will not do, they won't ask their subordinates to do anything that they haven't already done themselves. God will not ask his son, and God will not ask any of uh, his people to die um, uh, in hatred of the faith or, or in anger uh, by violence, um, because unless he has already done it, God's self. Uh, so on the cross, Jesus is paving the way for us not only to conquer death, um, but showing us that God is willing uh, to die even on a cross, um, and that if we die at the hands of others who mock us and spit on us and, um, and everything else, that we can have some assurance that God knows precisely what we're going through, because God has been treated that way, um, just like... Um, you know, non-commissioned officers and officers, they lead by example. So too does 
God in um, in Jesus, in the person of Jesus and his suffering on the cross. So the martyrs who were killed in hatred of the faith, um, both in the early church and all the way through our own time, um, they have an example in Jesus Christ. Um, and God promises and has promised that if there is violence, that God will uh, is ready and willing to suffer that violence um, God's self. Um, and that that isn't to make it any easier, but it is to show that um, God does not, you know, take Himself as as anything more or other or more special than people. That He is reducing God's self. Um, that He came down from heaven, is incarnate in the Son, and is able and willing to take every single beating um, that we might endure. Um, and that is. Part of the promise uh, made to Noah and to all creatures throughout all generations um, in this rainbow sign, in this archer's bow that's pointed up to heaven as though it's prepared to pierce God's heart just as it would be you know, thousands of years later as a soldier pierced Jesus' heart after he had expired on the cross. So there's nothing that we can endure that God hasn't already endured, that God hasn't paved the way uh, to to persevere and to endure, um, and that um, you know it's something that the military is really good at teaching uh, grunts that things might suck, but good leaders, good uh, officers, and non commissioned officers know um, that they pave the way by their own example. Um, that it is good and right and godly to be prepared to suffer to protect others, but also to show others what it means to persevere despite suffering and injustice. A prayer for those who suffer for the sake of conscience from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, our Father, whose Son forgave his enemies while he was suffering shame and death, strengthen those who suffer for the sake of conscience. When they are accused, save them from speaking and hate. When they are rejected, save them from bitterness. When they are imprisoned, save them from despair. And to us, your servants, give grace to respect their witness and to discern the truth, that our society may be cleansed and strengthened. This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our merciful and righteous judge. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac. 
Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.